Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me for a new episode of The Daily Optimist. Today is Tuesday. It's officially one week after the election here in the U.S., and boy, has it been quite the week in between. Uh, that is some of the news I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about that in full. It's just what is really happening with all of that. Um... There's two stories I'm, I'm going to talk about specifically, but uh, I'm just going to mention some stuff about the election and what's happening here in the U.S. Uh, I'd also like to mention that um, despite the fact that we do have possible hope of a vaccine coming, as I told yesterday, the coronavirus cases in the U.S. are in uh, continuing to increase and more states are uh, implementing different types of lockdowns or restrictions i should say nobody has implemented a lockdown as it was back in march but there are restrictions restaurants closing earlier some businesses having to close again as the numbers just keep increasing and um, dr michael ulsterholm came out the other day i believe just yesterday and said that uh, basically get ready to see 200,000 cases a day. In the U.S., we have done a terrible job of, of actually taking care of ourselves and each other and um, properly wearing masks or distancing. And instead, we have uh, made the numbers go to such extremes. And I certainly hope that... Um, there is a way that these symptoms remain minor in many people who get the coronavirus. Well, I hope it doesn't all of them, but I know that's probably a little too optimistic, even for the Daily Optimist. But I hope uh, that there are not major symptoms, and I hope that less people have to go to the hospital because we're having overcrowding in hospitals once again. So this is... Um, something that needs to be aware of and we need to remember to take proper precautions all right enough of that let's get to it i'll be back in just a moment my name of course is elijah manning and you are listening to the daily optimist Briefly, I'd like to talk about what's happening in the U.S. right now. Our current president is refusing to concede that he lost the election. He's working all possible avenues or angles to try to say that he is the winner and to claim election fraud and all of that as well. And um, he fired the Secretary of Defense. He is... Um, you know, his attorney general, William Barr, has caused um, the DOJ in, in um, Pennsylvania to resign amidst the fact that he's putting pressure on him to find election fraud, basically. Um, there are, there's a growing number of people using a um, social media platform for... Um, 
right wing purposes and um you know some of this is going to be perpetuating the the talking points of how there's voter fraud and all of this negativity so there is still a scary time right now in the u.s over the fact that he our current president has until january 20th to do as much damage as possible the supreme court is still looking to possibly get rid of the affordable care act also known as obamacare and um we are right on the precipice of having 200,000 cases a day so there is a lot of turmoil happening in the u.s currently as it comes to what our current president is doing refusing to leave office finding ways to skirt democracy uh we will see how this continues to play out it is uh a strange time and i guess we're still battling and uh, right now it's also possibly giving the world or uh, any possible enemies of of america and uh, an idea that maybe right now would be a good time to strike whether it's here in america or whether it's wherever american bases are around the world as uh, americans are kind of all over the place at the moment all right i'd also like to talk about um the deal between armenia and azerbaijan i always mispronounce it the first time sorry but uh so what has happened is they have been fighting um but they have um come to an agreement over the the mountain region that they've been fighting for um it is recognized as part of azerbaijan but it is also governed uh, by ethnic Armenians. So this is what they've been fighting over, like who has actual control of it and so on and so forth. And they've been fighting since the 90s and they brokered a peace in September, but they, uh, the clashes got worse and and uh, it's left thousands dead, approximately 5,000 and approximately 100,000 people displaced from their homes. So they've signed a new deal. Um it's basically um they're settling this with as fair as they can i guess is what they're saying the agreement is that azerbaijan holds on to portions of the uh, nagorno karabakh which has been seized by the armenian forces over the last several weeks armenia must withdraw from several adjacent areas this month but can keep control of the rest of the region so uh russia is also going to deploy almost 2,000 armed peacekeepers to patrol the front lines of the conflict. Um, the president of Azerbaijan is, you know, happy and thinks it's a success. This is the Armenian prime minister is said it was, you know, unbelievably painful to have to sign this deal. Um, there have been protests in Armenia against the deal where there has been dancing in the street of Azerbaijan. So one side finds this a win, the other side says this is, you know, terrible. I certainly hope this um, doesn't going to lead to more fighting. Uh, there's a chance the the leader of the group that was basically in the um, the mountain region, he uh, said, if the fighting had continued, we would have lost the whole 
uh, of Artsakha within a few days, and uh, we would have had more victims. So I don't, I don't personally know if this is um, a good deal or not. I haven't been following it every day as the story's been happening. From what I understand, is Armenians are not uh, happy with this deal, whereas Azerbaijan claims that they are. Uh, like I said, I certainly hope that this leads to no more fighting and some kind of peace agreement uh, that can remain. Uh, the second story I'd like to talk about is one that is disturbing in a different way, and it's about the new reports that came out about uh, the former cardinal that, say, Pope John Paul II knew about these allegations, and the allegations were um, sexual misconduct that spanned it decades. So, it's a Vatican report that says that the Pope, uh, Pope John Paul and Benedict were aware of the accusations. There is a 461-page report that, um, that was written up about it, and, um, Last year, Pope Francis dismissed the former Cardinal McCarrick, the former Archbishop of Washington, D.C., after a church tribunal found him guilty of abusing minors and adults. So in 2014, Pope John Paul was made a saint, um, and we he knew about this. He had received a letter uh, in 1999 detailing allegations against um, McCarrick, um, so the allegations for against McCarrick were that he, uh, go back to 1987 where he claimed to have had observed, uh, this come, came from a cardinal in 1999 that said he, uh, observed sexual conduct between Merrick and another priest and an anonymous larger charging McCarrick with pedophilia with his nephews. Terrible. Also, the report says that uh, during that time, McCarrick was known to have shared a bed with multiple men at his residence and a beach house in New Jersey. It, uh, they so they, you know, they thought it would be good. However, Pope John Paul II uh, seems to have changed his mind in August or September of 2000, ultimately leading to his decision to appoint McCarrick to Washington in November of 2000, as with the report states. And in 2017, a former altar boy came forward with allegations against McCarrick, saying that he groped him in the 70s, and um, finally they started to put the motion for this report in this trial, and uh, which resulted in the him being defrocked two years later. Um, James Green, who testified that he was abused by McCarrick for two decades, starting at age 11, and... Uh, Green says, there are so many people suffering out there because of one man, and he thinks that he's more important than the rest of us. He's destroyed me, and he's destroyed thousands of other lives. It's time that the Catholic Church comes clean uh, with all of its destruction. We've heard many different reports from the Catholic Church. Um, you know, There was the one in Massachusetts and some other places as well that have all come out with reports and then this one coming straight from the Vatican about it and saying that even the highest in the land for the Catholic Church knew about it 
and that is disturbing, uh, disappointing, frightening that uh, the popes knew about it and did not take action. I certainly hope now that um, we've seen Pope Francis has been more um, open in positive ways and um, obviously with helping to get rid of this cardinal or he's been a little better at this but uh, the church has a history and I certainly hope they can root out any others that have done this. I don't know. Hopefully, that's the last story we hear of this, but who knows. Alright, enough of that. I will be back in a moment with some positive news, thankfully. Back in a minute. My first positive news story comes from Austin, Texas, where... They voted not only for president uh, last week, but they also voted for a new public transportation revolution, if you will. A $7 billion plan to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and traffic congestion by uh, having different transportation options and an infrastructure to citizens. uh, And we know Austin is a really, really growing city right now. So there's a new rail system with 31 new stops there will be four high-speed bus routes uh, shuttle services that will take people to and from the stations and a new park and ride areas um, as well so that people can carpool or you know take these new uh, new transit so they voted on it. It includes a four also includes rather a four hundred fifty dollar four hundred fifty million dollar plan for adding cycling and walking infrastructure. So that's new bridges, bike lanes, sidewalks, uh, parks. They'll have this under Project Connect is what they're calling it, and um, they're bringing people together to help uh, bring this plan to fruition. Uh, so it's basically going to be the whole train stops all going from north and south Austin, the airport, downtown, and Colony Park. You can see a map on their uh, their website. Um, this has been on the ballot before, and it has failed to pass, but now it has finally uh, made it. So they there's a growing need for... Um, this program as it's the fastest growing city people are driving uh you know many people drive and they say around 50 percent of motorists drive alone and uh, they want to reduce that number so obviously some of it's going to be coming from taxes um which is inevitable but there's also a federal carbon reduction funding program that's going to cover 45 percent of construction costs so taxes are going to go up on you know certain things, property tax, for instance. Um, but that is not the only way they're receiving money, okay? They will be getting it from a federal uh, program as well. So good for Austin. My second news story comes from Alberta. And um, it is about how in there is a... The government is going to help... Uh, make it easier for 
people who have addiction to substances to seek help. There's right now a $4 per day user fee for um, residents to get their treatment for addiction. They often pay it out of pocket, but there is a um, a like an insurance agency called Alberta Supports that will help pay for it. But um, so it was like a pro. The program was roughly two thousand four hundred dollars, and you know you pay that out of pocket, especially if you didn't have it, have the the insurance. But now they're going to be getting rid of the payment and the. Associate Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Jason Luan, says for the first time in Alberta's history, publicly funded addiction treatment will be extended to all Albertans. Um, so previously, the people with addiction could only access residential addiction treatment if they received aid or, or uh, from Alberta Supports or if they paid privately. But now they're going to be giving it to everybody. So it had roughly 200 people on uh, this uh, assured income for the severely handicapped. And uh, now, they're, so they're basically seeing numbers are high enough, but yet low enough where the cost is going to be offset. And it's better for everybody that they make it free and available because they want to give everybody a chance to build a better life, as they say. All right, so hopefully uh, they can, you know, help these people and hopefully other places will give addiction services for free as well. We will see. We know how how terrible addiction can be and how it can ruin lives and relationships and all sorts of things. So hopefully other places will, will start picking that up. Those are the positive news stories for the day. There are plenty more out there. You can find them too. All right, I'll be back in a moment with your positive step for the day. So as I've spoken spoken about uh, the need to change things recently, um... And as I speak about how this country is going through some sort of hopefully metamorphosis and change where we can um, grow beyond, we are right now in our growing pain stage while we might even be before that. But um, as we continue, there's going to be growing pains. All right. So this can be a personal growing pain for you. This could be a community growing pain for you. You know, I told you yesterday to start getting a team together or at least thinking about that and what you can do, how you can progress forward. Well, today it's just going to be to carry on that. It's going to be start making moves in that direction. Okay, so maybe you have thought of what you can do to help yourself, your community, your country, if you have higher goals. But um, what can you implement today? to start making that step forward. Who can you call? Who can you email? Who can you get a hold of? Who can you go and talk to? Um, with your group, with your, you know, even if it's one or two of you right now, and then you're gonna keep growing, how can you get more? But uh, just keep pushing like that. Get your group together and take a step forward. Even if the forward step is just implementing the plan right now, 
I mean, you could have implemented or you could have thought of what your plan is going to be. And today it could be to make a phone call or to make an email. Um, it's not going to be an easy process and it doesn't happen overnight. But you can certainly begin to change things. And uh, it just takes a moment of your day to at least, you know, may write up an email or to make a phone call. It takes an extra time to, you know, uh, work together with your with your uh, group to put forward a plan but what can you do to start getting that going all right so that's what you're going to do today find a way to make a positive step forward you got it you'll figure it out i'm pretty certain of it all right i'll be back in just a moment with your positive quote for the day Positive quote time. It comes from Ginny Romedy. Ginny Romedy, Virginia Marie Romedy, full name, but goes by Ginny. She is executive chairman of IBM. Uh, she is the first woman to uh, to head up the company CEO. She has uh, previously been uh, chairman, president, and CEO, and now she's uh, on the executive chairman. All right. So her quote goes like this. Someone once told me growth and comfort do not coexist. And I think it's a really good thing to remember. I'm going to say that again. Someone once told me growth and comfort do not coexist. And I think it's a really good thing to remember. And as I was talking, our country, the U.S., is in the midst of needing that growth right now. And it's uncomfortable. It's uh, uncomfortable as we facing problems that we may not have faced previously. Not that they weren't there, but we haven't faced them previously. At least in this way, we are finally taking them head on. And that's why your positive step is to you know take your first step, and um, because that will be the growth. And you may be uncomfortable, but it is important to remember that sometimes in order to grow you have to make yourself uncomfortable and other people all right there needs to be some kind of change and it's all right to ruffle some feathers all right sometimes you have to so one last time someone once told me growth and comfort do not coexist and i think it's a really good thing to remember Thank you very much for making it through this episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you. You can follow me on Facebook at The Daily Optimist Podcast, on Facebook at The Daily Optimist Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at The Daily OptPod, at The Daily OPTPOD. You can email me. I am The Daily Optimist at Yahoo.com, The Daily Optimist at Yahoo.com. Tell me your stories. Tell me where I'm right. Tell me where I'm wrong. Give me your favorite quote, whatever you'd like to do. You can reach out anywhere. Please, please, please smash that subscribe button. All right, there you go. So why do we do that? Well, first we do three different things. We rate, we subscribe, and we share. We rate so that other people can find it. We subscribe so we never miss it. And we share with somebody who needs some optimism and positivity in their day. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate each and every one of you. Until next time, everybody, please be well.